Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 46 of the IT Career Energizer, a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants, and experts from around the world. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And remember to subscribe to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Phil Hack. Phil works at GitHub, bringing the power of social coding to .NET and Windows developers. Prior to GitHub, Phil worked at Microsoft as a senior program manager. Phil is also a co-author of the ASP.NET MVC series of books, as well as a regular speaker at conferences around the world. So Phil, can I ask you to expand on that summary and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Sure. So uh, these days... um... I am a director of engineering uh, for the client apps group at GitHub. Uh, that group includes the Atom text editor, uh, Electron, which is a platform for building cross-platform um, client applications u- uh, using Node and JavaScript and Chromium. That also includes uh, the GitHub desktop application. Uh, so it's a graphical UI for uh, doing Git and GitHub. And uh, our editor tools team, which uh, builds extensions to third-party editors, uh, such as Visual Studio. Phil, can you share a unique career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience? Yeah, I think uh, probably the one tip that most has helped me in recent, in the recent like five years of uh, my career, would be uh, learn how to have difficult conversations. Uh, by that I mean. You know, a lot of advice that I had early in my career was really about, you know, uh, you know, honing your technical skills and being strong technically. And those are all really important. But to really, you know, expand your career, being able to communicate well and being able to disagree and argue well um, has proven uh, even more important uh, and has really propelled my career. Um, one example of this, uh, a book that I'm a big fan of is actually called Difficult Conversations, and it talks a lot about how to, um, you know, separate things like uh, the impact of uh, something that happened versus the intention. Uh, you know, a lot of times people like to make these uh, apologies that say, look, I didn't intend to do this, but they neglect to point out and recognize that it didn't matter what their intention was, that there was this impact. Yep. And when you learn how to address those things, you actually um, are able to be better at working well with other teams, with your own team, and in general, just do a better job of getting people aligned to your ideas and vision. Um, if you can't you know, work well with people who disagree with you, then it becomes really hard to accomplish really big things. So yeah, d- difficult conversations can happen at <laughs> pretty much any point within a project or a, or a program. Is it something you, you come across on a regular basis in, your, in what you do yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to various degrees. I wouldn't say I'm constantly in extremely difficult conversations, <laughs> I, uh, at least I hope not. Yeah. Um, but I've had cases where uh, 
at the time, it, it's so easy to think that someone else is being unreasonable and you're the only level-headed person in the room, Yeah. Uh, only to realize later that that other person was working with a completely different set of constraints or uh, even an understanding of the words that you were using. Um, I had a case once where I used this term you know, um, to describe someone else's work. And that term to me was something that, uh, you know, based on my work history was, you know, something very esteemed. Um, but to them, it was something based on their work history, it was, it was uh, degrading their work. And so, you know, when we got into this disagreement about that, I was like, wow, why are they being so unreasonable? And it wasn't until I sort of applied the principles of this book, you know, they, you know, kind of dug into their story and understanding what their viewpoint was that we both came to realize that like, oh, we're, we have applied different meanings to the same word. And w by recognizing that we were able to move forward and, you know, accomplish this project that our two teams were trying to do rather than, you know, get uh, embroiled in a, you know, ugly feud, right? So that sort of thing, uh, the quicker you, you know, and when you get quicker at it, you kind of uh, can move forward more quickly. I find that, uh, you know, there's often this romantic image of software developers as being uh, lone people in a cave, you know, slamming the keys of the keyboard away and, you know, emerging with some great thing. But, you know, the reality is that all software is made for people by groups of people. And uh, the better that, that the group of people can work together, the more effective and the more impactful their software is going to be. And so... And that's why, like, uh, you know, if I had to pick one thing that's very specific, it would be the ability to have effective and diff difficult conversations. Yeah. So, Phil, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. So my worst moment was very early. In fact, my very first job. And uh, I was a uh, programmer on for a consulting shop that uh, did classic ASP, so active server pages. Uh, so it's kind of dates how far back um, this was. And uh, I was right out of college. I was a math major in college, so I didn't really have any professional programming experience that, you know, dinked around here and there. And so they were training me on the job, which was great. Um, but we were working on a project for a large customer. It was actually... It was a project called Launch at the time, which later got bought by Yahoo Music. And so it was a very popular like social network for music fans. And uh, you know, long before the term social network was around or well understood. And I was supposed to build, you know, one of the features I was supposed to build was the password reset function. And uh, I was really excited to, you know, kind of have this function to myself and, you know, worked on it, you know, tested it or thought I tested it and deployed it. And then uh, the next day, um, my boss uh, is a small company. So my bosses were the two owners of the company, but they got an angry um, email or call from one of the investors of the company where the investor's daughter had uh, tried to reset her password because she forgot it and did, never got the email and now couldn't get into the system at all and couldn't figure out how to reset it again. And so I had a uh, inadvertently introduced a bug where it didn't actually send your password. It would reset your password, but not actually send you oh. the password, <laughs> the new password. So I was mortified <laughs> and my boss made it really clear to me that, uh, 
you know, another mistake like that. And, uh, you know, bye bye. <laughs> and this was probably like within the first three months of, of my first ever coding job. And I was so scared. So that was probably easily my worst moment. Um, I certainly made me a lot more careful when writing code after that. So what did you take away from that experience? Test your own code carefully and, and be careful and take your time. Uh, um, I think, you know, later on, I learned a, a lot more about um, how to look at things like that as a systematic failure and not as an individual failure. But at the time, you know, I it was more about like my personal pride in my craftsmanship. Uh, and I was realizing that like the tools that I had at the time weren't sufficient for the type of work I was doing. Uh, and it wasn't until later that I realized what I really wanted was the ability to write unit tests or test-driven development, which helped me a lot uh, later on. Uh, that just wasn't a concept that we, you know, I had available to me or there were no tools for doing that within classic ASP. Uh, we didn't have good separation of concerns. So, you know, like the, the code in you know, the classic ASP code would call right into the database and all that. So, you know, at the time, the lesson was, you know, be more careful, you know, be slower, more methodical, don't rush. Yep. Later on, it was, okay, look at the, what, what are the systems in place to help prevent such failures? And uh, that was a much more valuable lesson down the road. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Uh, yeah, um, I think I'd have to say there's kind of a couple things that are sort of, uh, interrelated and it's sort of, it's, it's interesting in that, like the, the full success hadn't been realized until years later. Uh, so at the time I thought it was successful, but it's not till years later that I can see like just how big it was. And you know, for me, I think uh, my involvement with NuGet, uh, which is a package manager for the uh, .NET ecosystem, um, and it was really interesting because it took a lot of effort to sort of get that off the ground within Microsoft. And even when we launched it, you know, th there was a lot of resistance internal to Microsoft uh, to it. But externally, we were getting a, a lot of people using it, a lot of people really happy that we'd done this. And uh, it's not till years later that, uh, you know, uh, we went from like resistance to like uh, almost the entire .NET ecosystem within Microsoft adopting it. You know, like now MS Build supports it. It's kind of integral to the whole build process. Um, any library being shipped by Microsoft is done via NuGet package. It's, it's taken over the, you know, the assembly as the unit of distribution. And so um, that's a big you know, like there was a whole team involved in that. Uh, so like, it's not my success alone, but it's the highlight of my career for sure to be on a, uh, an amazing team that, that developed that, that promoted it. Uh, and then secondary to that is what it enabled. Um, you know, I had uh, customers come tell me like, you know, because of NuGet or because you, you all included, uh, you know, jQuery and ASP.NET and MVC, which is another project I worked on, you know, we're allowed to use more open source. <laughs> and so, um, it, you know, like the goal of NuGet was really to make third-party open source more viable for more people, like, you know, really create an ecosystem around that. And so when I see today that Microsoft is the, you know, number one org on GitHub, 
and is doing everything on GitHub. I feel like that's sort of like the you know aftershock career highlight. Like you know that wasn't so much something that I did, but it was something that I was a part of, and uh, really excited about uh, where Microsoft is today with respect to their use of GitHub. Yeah, so you you really made a difference in terms of their direction. Uh, I like to think I was a part of that. Um, you know, so when I joined Microsoft, I worked on ASP.NET and we were uh, one of the first uh, product supported products to be released under an open source license. Uh, one of the first ones to accept contributions. Uh, there were other projects that accepted contributions and had open source licenses, but they were often considered like you know side projects as opposed to something that would benefit that would have the full ten year support you know policy that. Uh, supported framework, uh, .NET framework projects would have. And so, um, you know, during that whole time, we were always pushing for more and more uh, of the work to be open source because we felt that, you know, since we're building tools for developers, um, the best way to expand the reach is to really make it open so people can look at the code and change, tweak the code and contribute and be involved in the development. And so um, to see that, you know, at the time, it was very early in that phase when I was at Microsoft. I left, and now six years later, um, to see the explosion of open source within Microsoft on GitHub, it's it's uh, really exciting. Yeah, when, when I came to GitHub, you know, what I was really focused on was um, I saw the .NET audience as a or and or Windows developer audience, those who use Windows as their primary development machine, were really underrepresented on GitHub. And so my primary uh, focus at the time was to make GitHub more welcoming to that audience um, and to look at ways that we could do that. For example, we found that uh, you know, Mac developers tend to really love command line, but uh, you know, the m- huge majority of Windows developers tend to like GUI, so we built a GUI. That sort of thing, and so these days, you know, this, the scope of what I work on has kind of expanded since then. But uh, I feel like uh, the work we did hopefully at least signaled to the, that community that hey, we want you on GitHub, uh, and we're going to try to make your lives better on GitHub. And I hope that helped pave the way for Microsoft to do more on it to realize that like this won't be a hostile environment. To do their open source efforts. So, Phil, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? Oh, wow. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. There's uh, the the work going on in AI, ML, machine learning, artificial intelligence. I mean, that's one whole new field, a relatively new field uh, in the sense that um, there's going to be a lot of demand for. And I think uh, a lot of you know interesting work can come out of that. There's also um, the work in VR, virtual reality is really interesting to me. Um, I think the thing is that uh, there's still so many unsolved problems out there and challenges that uh, could benefit from people like really thinking hard about these problems. Also, like I think there's still, you know, we have a lot of uh, social challenges in the world that I think uh, um, where a lot of technology has been built without really taking into consideration the impact on society. And I hope to see that as a whole new field really uh, take off where we have uh, more people thinking about what does it mean to build socially responsible software? We're going to go into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. 
So what first attracted you to a career in IT? <laughs> so honestly, when I was in college, I was a math major. And I think, uh, I think uh, what attracted me was I wanted to pay off my student loans before I continued my career in math. <laughs> uh, and uh, turns out once you, you know, take, have a taste of it, you realize, oh, I don't want to go back to that. I, this is really fun. What is the best career advice you've ever received? That's a good question. Uh, I'll start with one early in my career. It was actually receiving a copy of Code Complete. Um, as a developer, that really changed how I approach writing software. Yeah. And uh, I'm sh- I'm sure I've received better advice uh, since then, but that one stuck with me because a lot of the advice I've received has come from books that I've read, and this one came from a person who handed me a book. So. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? If I were to begin today, like just starting in, I think I would spend a lot more time digging into uh, machine learning and really understanding the applications. I think you know, nearly all future applications are going to have some element of machine learning um, or you know, that sort of adaptive, adaptivity or resiliency that... Um, it would be interesting. Either that or I'd really uh, learn how to write games and and 3D models and get into the whole VR scene. I think that's pretty exciting. What career objectives are you focusing on right now? These days, I, f- I rarely think a- about my own career as much as I think about the products that I want to get out into the world. So I guess, you know, my focus these days is really heavily focused on um, making my team one that executes well and uh, delivers great products. What's the number one non-technical skill that's helped you in your career so far? So I already mentioned the ability to have difficult conversations. So I'll uh, kind of transition that to um, communication. Uh, learning how to write well and verbally communicate well, I think has helped my career quite a bit. Um, one of the things that early on kind of helped me, helped open the doors to a lot of interesting jobs was my blog that I had written uh, way back when. And so I think that, you know, being able to communicate clearly is hugely valuable. Phil, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? Sure. When you're building systems and software, don't just think about the mainline scenarios that your software is trying to solve, but think about the ways that your software can be abused and used to harm communities that are already marginalized or um, underprivileged or underrepresented communities. So one of my colleagues uh, gives a talk about sort of the ways that um, software can be used to attack other people. It's kind of similar to threat modeling, but it's, a, it's more about, um, like, for example, if you build a feature that allows you to send messages to people, could someone use that to troll or, or spam other people? That sort of um, thinking. I, th- I think, uh, you know, I think that would be my parting advice is like really think about the social impact of the software that you write. 
And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, well, I have a blog still at hacked.com, so H-A-A-C-K-E-D.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter uh, as hacked, H-A-A-C-K-E-D. Um, pretty much all the social medias, I have the same handle. Um, but you start with my blog or my Twitter. That's a good way to get a hold of me. And uh, from there, like, you know, I have a GitHub profile as well and other things. So, But I would start with either the blog or the Twitter. Phil, thanks for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. My thanks to Phil for sharing his advice and experience in today's show. You can find full show notes at itcareerenergizer.com slash e46. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Charles Max Wood, who is a developer, podcaster and speaker. To get this and future episodes automatically downloaded and available to play, simply subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever streaming service you're using to listen. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.